What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What I learned through athletics at a young age, um, through some phenomenal coaches along the way, were life skills and lessons that um, continue to impact me today, right, as a CEO. Um, hard work, discipline, accountability, teamwork. Uh, those are things that were instilled in me in a very young age. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Peter Francillis, CEO of TeamSnap, a leading provider of team management software for youth sports. Stepping into the role of CEO in April of 2021, Peter holds a master's degree in business administration from NYU Stern School of Business and an executive management certificate from MIT Sloan School of Management. Peter and I discuss how playing sports as a kid allowed him to learn lifelong skills that he continues to use today as CEO, why diverse backgrounds and experiences create higher performing teams, and how he envisions the youth sports industry evolving from a technology standpoint. I'm super excited. I got the chief, the head of Team Snap, Peter Francillis. Pete, man, thanks for hopping on, bro. Happy New Year. Thanks, Nick. Happy New Year. Appreciate you having me. Love the podcast. Love what you're doing here and, and uh, really appreciate joining. Well, I appreciate it, man. And, you know, Team Snap is something um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners will be very familiar with it. I know a lot of my friends and colleagues and coaches and such use the app and organizations and such. So with your athletic background, Pete, um, I know sports based off other interviews I've heard of you. It certainly played a role uh, in your life. How did you come into this role at Team Snap? And also, you know, what was your athletic background? Can you just walk us through to where you ended up landing at Team Snap? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my athletic background and career ended at the age of 18. Uh, I played sports from the time I was four through, you know, varsity football. I was not a five-star, if at all, recruit, um, but I learned a lot. Right. And, and what I learned through athletics at a young age, um, through some phenomenal coaches along the way were life skills and lessons that, um, continue to impact me today, right. As a CEO, mm -hmm. 
um, hard work, discipline, accountability, teamwork. Uh, those are things that were instilled in me in a very young age. And it was a very young age through sport um, and through coaches. And, and that played a, a very large role in my upbringing and, um, you know, shaping the person that I came to be and, and skill sets that maybe over my 20s I overlooked, but, you know, now kind of come back as you look at where the core of, of you know, the, the experiences that you have that kind of shape the person you are, right? You're taking a little bit of those experiences and um, people and interactions, you put them in a box and that begins to shape the essence and, and the core values that I hold myself to and, and at this point hold my leadership team to. Um, relative to kind of how I came into this role, you know, I've been in the technology software sector for 20 years. Um, before joining TeamSnap, my last kind of operator role was with a, a company called Intralinks, which is an enterprise software fintech organization. I was there for about seven and a half years. Uh, last three and a half of that was on the executive team. We led that company through a very significant transformation growth period. Um, took its value from about $829 million to $1.5 billion during that two-year process. Uh, and then from there, had the opportunity to go on more on the investment side and joined a growth-oriented private equity firm out of Chicago by the name of Wad Capital as an executive partner, uh, and really joined that team to help lead investments in the vertical software space. And so was responsible for kind of designing and, ar and architecting a, a vision that we had for youth and amateur sports. And uh, within that kind of uh, thesis, overall, in the research we did, we recognized that TeamSnap was the ideal cornerstone for the vision we have for the space overall. And so um, I had the opportunity and the privilege to step in as CEO in April of 2021 when Watt Capital made the acquisition of TeamSnap. You know, I feel like youth sports, the the quote unquote industry of it gets a bad rap from a lot of yeah. people. Um, it's one of those where you're dealing with with children, right? You're dealing with developments and, and all of those things. So and listen, I'm 43 years. So I think you and I are close to the same age. Um, I we grew are. up playing sports at a different era. People, I, I want all the listeners, we're not going back to 1995. Like it's, we're not going backwards. I've talked to enough coaches. I've talked to enough, you know, people at the highest levels of sport. Like we're not going back in time. Things don't go back in time. We're going to continue to evolve. And, and for that, I think it's important to understand because you talk about, you know, the things that helped you you know, that help you in your business career today. That's something for Reform Sports Project. Like it's important to understand the values that you, as a parent and as a kid, you help your kids extract, right? Not everyone's going to college to play sports. Not Certainly not everyone's going to be a professional athlete, right. but we can be professionals in other things. You hear the NCAA uh, commercial when you're watching sports. So like the soft skills that sports provide, right? You talk about development, confidence, leadership, teamwork, work ethic. How do we make sure as parents, and, and, and you're a parent, and you're entrenched, obviously, but how do we go into this like, hey, I have to take now what is this youth sports culture, right, this youth sports business, and still focus on taking those soft skills that are going to help my kid through life, while still understanding like my kid may want to get a scholarship, but, but odds aren't on that. So how do I juggle that kind of, and how do you, as TeamSnap, maybe provide direction, if you can, to parents to kind of help them navigate it with the right mindset, I guess. Yeah, well, look, I think you're hitting on an important fact here, right? Like, let's just start with the data. As much as any parent of a youth athlete may not want to hear, right? The truth is their child is not going to go to the pros. Statistics show, as you're mentioning NCAA, only 6% of high school athletes go on to play in the NCAA. And, you know, on top of that, maybe less than 2% of the that 6% from the NCAA student-athletes go on to be professionals. 
So we're talking about a sliver of, of the overall participant base of youth. So what are the benefits, right? We need to, as parents, and honestly, as the local communities, and now as kind of, as I'm in this position, as a, a partner within this overall community base, you know, we need to focus on balancing the competitiveness on the field with the soft skills, right? As I was talking about before, that um, are going to have a much broader impact on our youth than just getting a scholarship or getting to NC2A. And don't get me wrong, that provides opportunities for people that, you know, and that might not be afforded to many. Uh, and that needs to be a focus, but it can't be the only focus. And so we continue as an organization at TeamSnap, you know, we're partnering with a number of different um, sport-based youth development organizations that combine kind of both the facilitation of sport programming on the field with more of the life lessons, education off the field, right? And, and educating and teaching and shaping our kids through sport. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to doing the right thing for the kids and that the trust um, that we are building as Team Snap within the organization needs to continue to be focused on the safety and well-being and development of the children. How do you, because I mean, I would imagine Team Snap, your job, your role is to unlock shareholder value, right? To, to drive revenue, to, to drive the growth of the business. How do you navigate that to make sure that, you know, you could put the best interests of shareholders or, you know, return and have that with the same as the best interests of the children. Yeah. So let's detach team snap generally for a minute, right? I, as the leader of this organization, as a software operator, believe you're going to create shareholder value, not by focusing on the bottom line, but by building a sustainable, valuable company that has an impact on the market and the end users that you're providing technology for. Value creation, profit, that's that comes down the line. That can't be the focus, right? The focus needs to be, one, I need to build a five-star world-class team to go build a business that is going to have an opportunity to build value to our end users, independent of whatever market you're in. Now, we take that model, that mindset, which is the what's been instilled within my team and my organization, and it's been core to the people that we've been looking to hire as we build out. And now we look at, okay, what is best for the customers that we have? And there's no other way to do that than to get out and talk to our customers. We released a new piece of software um, for our clubs and leagues in April, spring of last year. We had over like 19,000 hours of, of interviews booked. I mean, we're talking significant research that's being done so that we then, one, have built trust and we understand the pains and the needs for um, clubs and leagues and the spectrum, right? The nonprofit through the high caliber for-profit clubs, and that we can begin to develop solutions that not only benefit their business, and we're talking about small, medium-sized businesses across the United States, of which we have over eight, 9,000 currently as customers, mm -hmm. um, and being able to facilitate that SMB growth across the nation, but doing so with a laser focus on the privacy and security of that information for our children, right? And ensuring that the lines aren't blurred between uh, a business that may want to go market their services to a much broader uh, community base, i.e. TeamSnap, without the permission of said parent to say, yeah, I would like to opt into that. Or no, you absolutely cannot see the information around my children. Or as a coach, being able to have visibility into the, to the communications and um, the type of discussions that are taking place on our platform to ensure that no parent's getting out of line. All of that needs to be top of mind. And so I say on that, like the value and the profit and all that, that that'll come, 
I'm confident because we've built a phenomenal team and I think we're providing a lot of value into this market. Um, but I can't say that that's the case for all of our you know, peers and competitors in the space, although I wish it was. So in essence, take care of the top line and the bottom line will follow, right? You're not in it to turn Take care of the customers offer. in the end market and the rest will follow. Talk about Team Snap's role in youth and amateur sports. Yeah, sure. So uh, look, we are the number one youth sports management software. Um, we have over 25 million users. We've got over 2 million uh, individual people logging in on a daily basis. And it's pretty simple. We provide easy to use tools for communication, for scheduling, payment collection, registration, uh, connection with commerce partners, all focused on youth sport and amateur sport. And the reality is that you know, youth sports, as you know, man, is, is complicated and it's a disorganized industry. And our goal is really to help organize the chaos by providing a platform and uh, a portfolio of tech products that bring together clubs, leagues, event organizers, coaches, parents, players, brands, partners, all in one place. Um, and, and, you know, the company's been around for over 12 years now, and we've been really focused on just bringing more value and, and more benefit into an incredible market. It's funny you said youth sports is a complicated, you know, circumstance and it's just ever evolving. You know, there is uh, more and more teams. So like, how do you keep up with like, hey, you know, and this is a real grassroots situation, but it happens on a daily basis. But so-and-so plays for for this club team and they're unhappy or they see themselves going a different way. So they want to start their own team. How does someone who starts their own team get involved with Team Snap to, to let them do their their back end, basically? Yeah, so there's there's two different points of access, um, mainly for our software, right? One is we we do have a a mobile app um, and a an online version for our coaches to organize individual teams uh, that's accessible through either the Apple, the Android store, um, and then we have more of a professional, what I consider kind of the traditional B two B software um, that is positioned and accessed by the businesses or the nonprofits that are providing the programming. So think about your clubs, your leagues, your local. Um, rec organizations that need to manage, um, you know, how they deliver sport and organize overall. So if I'm a, I'm a parent and I want to start, a, you know, start a team that, you know, but I can literally get the same access as an organization, you know, a business would. For the for our communication software, for sure, okay. um, it's very accessible through the app store. Now, typically, a coach is the one to start up kind of the the team concept and bring those parents, those families into a, a safe and secure. Um, you know, team container almost where they're able to communicate with each other, think about uh, viewing schedules, viewing directions, determining carpools, assignments, you know, who's going to bring the oranges, who's going to be filming the game, um, and then just being able to allow the parents and the families to communicate with each other. So rather than having a text chain or having an, an email chain, you can do all that communication, practice schedule, like everything A to B or, you know, A to Z, top to bottom, Everything can be facilitated through the app. That's right. That's right. And so our real focus here is, you know, like we've got two sides of our technology, right? The the one side which you're hitting on is what I would consider more of a consumer oriented um, application that's focused on individuals. We have hundreds of thousands of independent teams and coaches that are uh, on the platform today, and that's really focused on building easy to use, simple tools that really delight our end users, right? That make the lives of the families that are participating in sport easier. Many of our users tell us, our parents tell us, like we are the operating system of the household, right? And no one sure. commits to a Friday night movie before checking the schedule on TeamSnap to see if there's a game or a practice. 
Then on the other side of it is more, would, again, what I would consider more traditional B2B um, software solutions that you know, we're trying to bring more of an, an enterprise mindset. Myself, many of my leadership team worked at companies in the past building great software solutions for the largest enterprises across, across the globe. Um, and we're trying to bring that same level of sophistication with our technology, but more importantly, the same level of service that, you know, a, a big technology organization might come to expect. We want to bring that to your local rec league or your local um, club and, and give them five-star level of service. So most of the audience that listens to Reform Sports Podcast um, that's been following the Reform Sports Project from the beginning is very familiar, obviously, with youth sports and the fact that, you know, it was three or four years ago, I think it was estimated to be, you know, a $19 billion industry. Um, and I, I saw an article, it had to be like six months ago, which projected is going to be like upwards of a $70 billion industry. I mean, you're talking about unbelievable growth. What is the vision for where Team Snap can go? You know, as we see, there's there's clearly no end in sight to the growth of the whole youth sports sector. Yeah. So look, one, there there's a large investment that's been going into both professional and collegiate sport from a technology perspective. And now you're starting to see that pull through down into youth and amateur, which has its pros and cons that I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, what I would say for the vision of Team Snap on where we can go we are laser focused on that youth and amateur market, which is by far the largest, right? Over 61 million participants in the U.S. alone. Um, we believe that uh, through an acquisition that we made in, in April of last year with TeamSnap, we have one of the category leaders, um, one of the blue chip businesses in this software space with a trusted brand that parents, families, sports organizations rely on, and they've come to trust. And so we want to take this portfolio of technology products and really do three things. One, Continue to delight the end users, the consumers with the user-friendly tools that we were talking about before. Two, we want to build sophisticated solutions, both for nonprofit, for-profit clubs and leagues that provide them uh, a level of technology enablement and digitalization as they are looking to run their businesses better. Uh, and then three, really focused on uh, our ability, given the unique breadth and scale that TeamSnap has, right? We have over 25 million users, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. We have an opportunity to really connect this ecosystem of youth and amateur sports through technology. And that's really to help those, help facilitate those relationships um, to make the lives of kind of the providers and the participants easier, right? If you're traveling to a city, you should be able to not only organize um, the team or the club, but you should be able to organize your travel. You should be able to organize events when you're in town. You should be able to stream those videos so that family members that can't make the tournament are able to see it. So how do you bring all of that together in a single platform or at least a single um, uh, portfolio of offerings so that you know everything is accessible and we continue to provide ease of use? So you you touched on professional and college sports as far as you know the technology and all that you know pushed towards the development. And then you mentioned youth and amateur. Do you consider college sports, amateur sport. I mean, I, with NIL and the way the money that's being poured, it's it's hard, but I think it's also sports specific. Do you consider collegiate sports amateur or is that kind of gone by the wayside? So this is the this is the way we define the market, right? As we're talking to our customers, as we're talking to our end users, we define collegiate sport as a as a sub of professional, not because of NIL and the things you're talking about here, but because of the way and the sophistication of which those organizations are just run, right? An athletic sure. department okay. within a, a D1 through D4 school, while varying across that spectrum, are going to have a lot more similarities to a professional organization that they are to you know a youth club. And so we define kind of youth and amateur as, let's think about everything from the first time a, a child picks up a ball, bat, stick through probably 18 years of, of age um, until they're exiting high school. And then also 
all of your local rec and, and adult leagues um, that are, you know, while organized much more to hyper local and targeted level. See, it's funny you say that because I agree, but I, I'd almost argue because I, I think it's one of those subjective things where, you know, what is youth? You know, I think everything eighth grade and under is different than high school and up. Uh, that's the way that I think it is. And I think it's important to separate that. I think that we can get into this later, but I think that there's differences with playing expectations as far as playing time. Yep. I think that all of those things are different once you, and I think it's about age appropriate, which is why I was interested in your perspective. Yeah, yeah. And, and Nick, I would also say like when you get over eight, nine years old, I think there's also split through high school of club and varsity, right? I mean, those sure. are different organizations. Your school, your athletic department is running a high school team with much different goals than many of the clubs that kids are going to be on through the point in which they graduate, right? So there's also a divergence there. And we're focused more on that club segment. And take it a step further. You can look at uh, high school um, like IMG Academy or other private schools that I would consider more along probably a collegiate side, right? Because yep. they have the – does that – so, uh, yeah. So, I, so I, what I, we're getting into here is the chaos, <laughs> yes. right? The, the complete fragmentation of the market. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is just facilitated by the, the sheer scale of people that want to participate, you know, and, and the kids and the families and the coaches and everyone else. And I think it is important to have those conversations to differentiate because you can't put everyone in every single basket um, or paint with broad strokes. When we come back, Peter and I discuss the professionalization of youth sports and the skill sets he values in employees. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Welcome back. Where we left off, Peter and I were about to talk about how athletes can use sports to learn valuable life lessons, including strong work ethic. 
and it's interesting because if there's one thing you don't have to worry about, um, and and I'm a sports parent, um, and I have three more that are just I have six, so three more are starting to come through the pipeline. I say pipeline, but that's you know just using that term. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as far as return customers, I mean, we're all parents. We're all looking for extracurriculars. We're all looking, and there are very few opportunities out there that I believe can help shape the minds and you know uh, the development of young people than sports. So. How do you like if you're looking at it and you talked about getting out there and talking to the community, like how important is it to really like harness in on because let's face it, man, there's a price war out there, man. There's a lot of people that can't afford certain things and I get it right. That's part of it. But sports was always one of those things that was like, hey, you know, everyone can get out there. It doesn't matter where you come from, what background. Well, that is just not the case. I mean, let's face it. I'm going to call out the sport that I played in college, baseball, I love it. And quite frankly, I started the Reform Sports Project because I got pissed off walking around, you know, recreation baseball fields and seeing, you know, kids walking around like $1,300, $1,400 worth of equipment and don't touch my bat. You know, parents, and I'm sorry, man, and you see parents stick their chest, oh, my kid got the new $400 bat. We're going to go roll our bat. If anyone knows the term, roll your bats. That's when like parents stick to get together and they make the bats hotter. Like they do illegal things to the bats so that they have more pop off of them. And I would hear this. I'm like, you guys are a bunch of losers, you know, and people may hear this and say they've done it. Well, I'm sorry, then you're an idiot. If you're rolling your kid's bat at 10 um, so that they can go win a, a, a freaking game. Right. So I get a little fired up talking about this stuff, Pete, but that's what drove me to want to start it because yeah. I came from a very Waterbury, Connecticut, you know, very blue collar, you know, lower middle class. And but sports was my outlet, my brother's outlet. We all got college degrees as a result of that. Um, so I take it personally. How do we ensure that each kid has an opportunity while still giving kids the opportunity to, you know, achieve that top level competition if it costs a little bit more, right? right. I understand there's a there's a need for that too. How do we navigate that? And I guess how can Team Snap play a role? Yeah. So, so look, man, I think we have very similar upbringings, right? I grew up in a very middle, lower middle income community, Eastern Long Island, very blue collar. I mean, we used to, I remember the baseball fields being clean. I'd be sitting on the back of a pickup and one of the coaches and we were dragging around one of those, you know, linked metal fences to kind of get all the grass out. And as soon as that was done, it was like, okay, the dirt's clear in the infield, let's play. And that was the beginning of the season. And then the grass started growing in, um, but we still played. Right. And and mm. we we were focused on that level of competition, regardless of how great the fields were or how great our, you know, after practice training or going into clinics, et cetera. I didn't have that stuff growing up. Um, and so, you know, to your point, this professionalization of youth sports is occurring, whether you like it or not, that's the fact. And the fact and the reality is that you're going to continue to have, I think, a significant amount of investment that is coming in the space, not just in the technology space, but if you look at these mega facilities that are being de developed and I mean, towns that are being developed around- uh, Literally like, towns, yeah. Towns, yeah, that are being built around sport tourism. And yeah. you know, you have over 700 plus different cities across the US that are focused on attracting those type of events. Positive is it's great for the local economy. It's great for local commerce. Negative is you're getting into an area of like the pay to play. And so are you beginning to dilute the competitiveness because there's a threshold in order to buy in? And so organizations, mm -hmm. I believe, like Team Snap, we can't go institute systemic change. I, I mean, we can begin to help to influence that. And sure. I think it's a responsibility for us to do so. So last year we created Team Snap Impact, 
which is our community impact arm um, that, you know, we've taken a percentage of our profit and allocated to really three main areas. One, affordability and accessibility of sport. So how do we help to subsidize the cost, um, whether it's tuition, whether it's league fees, whether it's participation camp fees, but how do we also partner with um, respectable uh, sport youth development organizations to help provide more programming? Right. And the programming, not just of sport, but as we were talking about before, how do you begin to combine that with life lessons and education um, together? Second is around advocacy. That's where I do think we can have some systemic change. And um, so we're members of a few different coalitions. The Plays Coalition is one that I sit on the board of. And we are very focused on advocating for state and federal budget to provide more accessibility and affordability for youth sports. Right. So going into areas that are either being priced out. Um, or where, you know, leagues might not be um, operating, whether it's because of COVID, whether it's because of um, financial barriers. And so how do we help allocate state budget? We've already helped allocate, I think, over $26 million over the last two years um, in that regard. And the last is just through technology grants. Like we're sitting on a ton of great technology. There are local organizations that can use our technology, but probably can't, you know, in many ways have the budget to do so. Let's go give our technology to them and help them run their organization in a more efficient way, which means that volunteer that doesn't really have the uh, either the skill set or the capacity can do a whole lot more, right? It's just start to automate that. Um, and so coming back to it, man, I mean, it's, I hope, um, and I know there's other organizations that we partner with that those uh, vendors or people in the space feel like they do have a responsibility to give back and help guide this industry as it continues to evolve in the right direction. I want to shift gears, but not really. Um, you run a business. You've been in business. Sports has impacted your life. I wrote a blog and I've done a lot of hiring. I've done a lot of interviews in my other professional world um, throughout my career. And every time I'm reading a resume or something, or I know a candidate has an athletic background, man, that stands out to me. I mean, it really does. I, I really, and I want to ask you like, because the blog was about how athletes make great employees and why they make great employees. I love to know your take, you know, if you're interviewing somebody or whatever, because I think it's something that parents need to understand. Like, this is one of the added values of participation, man. You're setting your kids up. Why as a business owner, Pete, is it advantageous or do you find yourself drawn to a resume or a potential candidate that has an athletic background? So um, it's a really interesting question. If you would have asked me probably 10 years ago, I would have given you a much different answer. That would be 100%. That's the top thing I'm looking for because of the relatable work ethic discipline that I know an incoming student athlete is going to have. Now, as I've continued to mature and progress in my profession, there's also a realization that that's probably one of five or six different standout type of profiles and experiences that we want to look for, right? And so kind of putting my personal bias aside a bit to look at how do we further the diversity um, and mix really of backgrounds and experiences um, because, you know, the the five-star college athlete that, you know, varsity to NC2A, they're bringing a profile that's significantly different than a kid who probably started up her own software business at the age of 15, 16, Right. And sure. so how do you combine that? And, you know, as you know, in coaching kind of your kids sports and being part of a team, the more diversity that I have in my skill sets, my personas, my profiles, the people on the team overall, that makes us all better. And I continue to learn every day from my team, not just my executives, but my extended team because of kind of our mixed backgrounds and experiences overall. 
I love that because, you know, the, the word diversity, because that's something that I talk about so much and I love to get is like, let's not, you know, specialize at such a young age. David Epstein, who writes the book Range and yep. talks about the, the great benefits to, you know, to diversification and to, you know, sampling periods and all of that. So you're finding that from a professional standpoint, having different members of your team, all bringing different value from different backgrounds. 100%. And so you're looking at, I, I think there's, you're hitting on two points here, right? There's specialization within sport. Like the idea of me playing a single sport for 12 months out of the year when I was in ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, like that's mind boggling to me, right? I, I sure. think I became a better athlete because I was playing all these different sports. And by the way, like the mental fortitude you have for playing baseball is significantly different than the level of study that needs to go into football. Right. And so you're learning different skill sets by playing on those different types of teams. And then, you know, I wasn't just focused on sport. I was part of student government. I was part of, I had all president of my fraternity. Like you start to do different things and get different skill sets. And so like micro targeting in, um, on a specialization, unless you believe you're in that top 6% that we're talking about, you're, you're losing out on opportunity to develop, right. Both as a, as a parent and as the children. You know, I got to ask you, man, as the youth sports industry continues to evolve, how do you see the youth sports business evolving? And what are two things you wish every parent understood, you know, about the industry? Yeah. So let me, um, I'm going to provide some, I'll provide some color from the standpoint of the technology and service providers, right? Because that's where I think kind of my lane is. And I don't want to blur out of that. Like, I think you're going to continue to see the technology sectors in the space come together, right? As we think about sports management, there's video streaming, there's data analytics, there's health and nutrition, there's sports tourism, commerce, like the list goes on. You're going to start to see those segments consolidate. And, and we believe we're in a position to help lead some of that consolidation, but there's some bigger players than us that are going to also kind of drive that forward. That's good and it's bad, right? It's positive for our end users that we can continue to bring solutions together and you know, no different than any of the other technology segments that are for a much more mature, you know, we can't lose sight of innovation, right? You can't lose sight of scale off of what is the next best idea and the startup investment that needs to continue to go in the space so that consolidation happens. Um, the second is just further digitalization on how sports are operated, you know, and both at a business level, but also at a family and consumer level. You know, you start to think about how you're managing your family day to day, you're part of, you know, your local gym, your kids have a, all their different events. Like how do we bring the, the just day-to-day -day life of a parent and a family and combine that with a lot of technology that's taking place and being afforded to them on the sports side. Um, and then last week, like, as we hit on it, the reality is there's going to be more investment and more growth within this space. And growth to me means more innovation. It means better tech. It means more value that can be provided um, into youth and amateur sports. And ideally, with that, there's more kind of give back, right? As there's more scale, there's more opportunity and um, more dollars for organizations like TeamSnap to be able to give back and further facilitate, you know, the accessibility, affordability, uh, and just getting kids on the field, you know, regardless of what their background is. So when you say, because a lot of people might not understand or, or really follow up, but when you say, you know, consolidation, that says companies are going to be buying each other. You know, there's going to be one player that comes in and hey, this company has a great business. We want to own that. So to me, that sounds like there's going to be a lot of private money coming into the space and growing. You know, at the end of the day, consolidation, in my opinion, signals growth, right? So there's more growth, 100%. more and more money. So, so people should expect to see 
you know, maybe their local uh, whatever um, user, maybe they don't use TeamSnap. Maybe they use another one. Maybe they, that company may get bought by TeamSnap. But this is just yeah. purely using it. So is that what people need to understand? You may see companies buying one another in a space that's continuing to grow, money being poured into it. 100%. And from a technology perspective, there's leverage there, right? When you have a single software set, you're logging into a, one platform where all of your information is being able to flow there. It's greater scale. In in our vision, like, you know, you've got 10 different stakeholders that we've been talking about when you start to think about sports orgs and parents, uh, event organizers, your sports tourism providers, being able to bring all of that need into a single area just furthers the ease of use. Now, there's other areas where you're starting to see large um, providers of sport programming um, where, you know, big organizations are um, creating kind of a, a business out of providing the back end for operations and just acquiring up clubs and leagues. I think there's benefit mm -hmm. to that, right? These clubs and leagues that might have been having a lot of success locally uh, now have much more of a professional back office. So they can focus on the delivery of programming for sport uh, and for the kids on the, on the field, on the rinks, um, and not worry as much on the back office. Now, you know, that needs to continue to focus on the benefit of the kids and not continuing to, you know, further drive margin. Uh, and as we said, kind of diluting that competitiveness because there's sure. a need to play regardless of what level you're at. The industry is nothing like it was obviously 10 plus years ago. How can parents, coaches, players, and businesses best navigate the current atmosphere we're in here of youth sports? Uh, yeah, great question, man. Look, change is coming. Right. That, that is very clear. Um, I think for everybody, yourself, who's played and been in um, kind of youth and, and sport area for the last 20 years and for all businesses are a part of it, change is coming. Right. And the entire youth sports community should continue to work together towards making sure that um, the type of professionalization, sensationalization of the media, more investment, NIL, that it doesn't ruin the real benefit of sport for today's youth athlete. Right. These are, as we discussed, life changing benefits that include kind of learning the true value of teamwork, discipline, um, self-confidence and really developing a belief and a commitment to the greater good. Right. All things that are going to empower an athlete, whether that's off or on the field later in their career. Uh, and I think we all need to remember that the essence of sport is supposed to be for our children. Right. A means of developing our children. And I think these are exceptional reasons in their own right for any child to learn a sport. Um, and that's where I think all of us, parents, coaches, service providers all need to continue to be focused, right? Because that's going to be what's going to impact the next generation of our, our kids coming up. Peter, where can we find you? Where can people, you know, connect with you? Uh, uh, let us know real quick so they can dial into you, man. Yeah. Teamsnap.com. Um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn or I'm available off of our website. I love when our end users reach out to me and I have an opportunity to, to connect with our market and, you know, I'm out there all the time traveling around and, and meeting with our customers and, you know, whether current or hopefully future big. Um, so, you know, look forward to continuing this discussion. Nick, as I said early on, I think you're bringing the right spotlight onto a critical area of, of um, you know, a big part of our community and, and society in general. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for having me. Peter Francillis, brother, I appreciate you. Keep up the good work. I look forward to uh, continuing these conversations and hopefully for the growth of TeamSnap. Thanks, Nick. Good seeing you, man. That's Peter Francillis, CEO of TeamSnap. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.